an extra sub every year. <laughs> or a follow every year. Next year you'll have Laura's mom too. It's a new one every year. They don't take care of dead accounts. No, though I have many dead accounts myself. I have a few. Things just like that happen. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... Yeah. My oldest email now is my is just my spam account. And it's like, the, it was yeah. the first Gmail account I set up. Oh, The only thing that sucks about it is that is it's also sort like, it was so long ago, that's also my Amazon and my PayPal emails. So, like, I still have to sometimes log into the old dregs. Oh, shit. Of, of that email just to check things out. And it's, uh, it's quite shocking. Man, so at one point, there was, so it's a weird email. Um, and then at one, like, cause I went as K Rock. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, yeah, yeah. I also, for some reason, I thought it would be cool to throw an E on the end of it. This is what I remember K Rock. <laughs> So, and then apparently at some church in Atlanta, there was a pastor named Kevin Roke, who his secretary misheard his email, I guess, and was signing me up for everything for this Kevin Roke guy. But of course, like, I couldn't get an email to her to tell her, like, hey, uh, you're using the wrong fucking email. Somehow yeah. I eventually got in contact with his wife, I think, which was Whoa. crazy weird. I think maybe <laughs> she wrote and was like, hey, and I was like, yeah, uh, this happened. So it, it finally got sorted out, but it was a long time there where I was getting uh, a lot of like discount holy water <laughs> offers. Discount holy water, huh? Yeah, you know, when you're when you're doing the Lord's work, you got to scrimp and save where you can. <laughs> How are, I'm, here's my question. Do they not just bless the holy water they themselves? That, that, was, that was just a really terrible joke. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I was mean, getting like emails what for is this crazy racket? weird religious shit, though, that I know that I did not sign up for. So damn. That's okay. That's that's a little rough. I've got a, a Ryan. My my email address is Ryan Demrest at gmail.com. That's not, a good one. Probably say that over whatever. It doesn't it's matter. There. there is another Ryan Demrest in California whose name is Ryan P. Demrest as well. And his Gmail is Ryan P. Demrest. Oh, no. At gmail.com. So there are many times where I get things that are supposed to go to him by accident. Like one time I've got his, I have, I've had his birth certificate. Wow. His social security number. I've had job offers and applications and things. Like if I was a dick. I could have made this dude's life real hell. <laughs> yeah. Th- I think that's the things that I was getting. It was like processing order forms for like the church. And it's like, you know, I have access to like your church's account information. Yeah. Like if I was an asshole, <laughs> I could just order shit wherever I uh-huh. want it from. I mean, I would go to jail, but. Oh, for sure. Well, I could totally do it. But yeah, that's that's what I was just like. I forwarded him. I was like, hey, so I got your social security information and everything. Uh, I think this is, you, you sent this to the wrong address. Just FYI, uh, I'm Ryan Demrest. So I'm right here. He's like, oh, thanks, man. And we became like friends on Facebook. And that's like, awesome. I now follow Mirror Mirror Ryan in California. And he's kind of dope. He has a podcast, too. Well. Called The Humpcast. And it's every Wednesday. The hump day of the week, they get together. How and drink have we beers not and... had this dude as a call-in guest? Because we really don't honestly talk too much. We you, just every I once in a really while like, to like, do this. I, like each other's things. I wanna, I wanna 
I had this whole thing where I wanted to like find every other Kyle Collins on yeah. Facebook and then do this <laughs> weird like documentary where I would like drive around and interview all of them and like see how our lives are different or the same. Hmm. And it's this very boyhood esque. Like you yeah. compare like just the the way the environments or different places have like an effect on like the Kyle Collins and how I'm gonna raised. come up with like a list of like twenty <laughs> questions uh-huh. that like I wanna ask both of you mm. and see like what the different responses are. Interesting. I think this could then they you know, they won't be provocative. Or- oh sure, sure. I'll I mean I'll tell you what, I know this much. He is a working stand up comedian. Fucking A. He'll so he'll uh, be a hilarious guest. I think so. I think he I really want to do this. I see this, I see his shit, and I'm like I get you, man. I appreciate you. Like, you are clearly not me. Like, we are very, very different, you and I. But, like, I like what you're rocking. And in, in the new deep. year, we're going to have Ryan Dimarest as a guest. We should. I really want to do this. I'll this put is it awesome. forward. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I've not gotten anything the, from there, recently. There'd be such a great new weird email out of the blue. So, hey, Ryan Dimarest, <laughs> I also have a podcast. And I want you to be a guest to talk about being Ryan Dimarest. That's not weird, right? That's some some fucking Christopher Nolan movie waiting to be made for sure. Uh, well, fuck, I couldn't think of anything witty. Or you could go with like a Denis Villeneuve movie like Enemy, where it's like, oh, there's another Ryan Demarest, and now there's spiders and symbolism. Mm. And they fuck each other's wives. Well, yeah. Well, one. Yeah, I, arguably, arguably one doesn't. Yeah, true. <laughs> arguably none of us exist. Nihilism! (laughs) So, uh, listeners, in case you can't tell, (laughs) this is going to be another potpourri episode. Not by our choice, I will say. This is true. (laughs) We did have a whole episode planned today that fell apart at the zero hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you like Mm -hmm. to explain why this fell apart? Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, for, I don't know, a year? A year and a half? year and a half. We've been trying to make a Witcher episode happen. Uh It's, It's mostly been my delay. I will fully admit here. Yeah, well, it, it was okay. I think when... All right, so one, this was broached by Laura, my wife, yes. who loves The Witcher. It's it's maybe... Witcher 3, specifically, mm-hmm. The Wild Hunt, is maybe her favorite video game of all time. God damn. Outside of Donkey Kong Country 2. 2 is my favorite Donkey Kong she as well. loves Donkey Kong Country 2. So we'll get along there. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get along on The Witcher. Spoiler yeah. alert for next week, everyone. I think that says more about you, though. Probably does. The Witcher's fantastic. Do I love it to the extent that she does? N- no, it's not good, at all. But that, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Uh, I want to pick her brain. It's interesting. And and, and I, I don't know. Why she likes it, it makes sense when she gets into it. And it's like, oh, I can see this. And hearing you explain to her the way that she's plays games totally makes sense. Very detail oriented. Let's really focus and fixate on everything. Yep. Because like the, I, we'll get. Mm, I'll just save it for the Witcher episode. But there Dude. are many issues. But why hand-ups. is Laura not here this evening? Because she partied hard at a grotto meeting last night in Indy and came in super late and drunk and uh, is using the whole day to recover. Because guess what? When you're in your mid thirties, hangovers are not fun. They're terrible. <laughs> Uh, what what is a grotto party? Is that is that a king thing or is that like an yeah. open sex hole thing? Yes, <laughs> yes. Because uh, I would totally go to some grotto party. I mean, I think it's a caving party, but it all seems to end up in holes. So I don't know. Uh, 
No, it's just they get together, I think, every month, maybe bi-monthly up there, and they talk about trips they've been on and expeditions, things they have coming up, the mapping, surveying shit, just a little, like, cave meet. I don't know. It's like a math club or chess club or what kind of club have you, except caving. And then... And it's for all of central Indiana, though we have one in Bloomington that she runs... Really? But she went up to the central one because she has a bunch of friends up there she's not seen in a while. So it's also basically an excuse for adults to get together and drink, too, though. Mm-hmm. Similar to, like, the uh, the much. arcade expo that we would frequent. Not as long, um, obviously. I would... I mean, it definitely turned into that last night. I would say most grotto meetings are nowhere near oh, as fun. Okay. They are not as fun. I've been to a few of the Bloomington ones, and it is... It's just people talking about fucking caves one sure. at a time, giving presentations, and that's fine. But like after two or three meetings, I was like, I'm good. I don't need to come to another one of these. Like, I support I you, honey. It. I get it. <laughs> We're married now. We have sex when we do. I don't. I'm not. I'm not putting this effort in anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How many times has Laura seen the movie Holes? Uh, I would say zero because she's not a Disney fan, and that's a Disney movie. Man, and furthermore. You- I don't think she fucking likes Shia LaBeouf, like, even when he wasn't, you know, fucking out there. All right, I I can be with not being a Disney fan, but not liking Shia LaBeouf. I know. I know. That's Even though, like, personally, he is a giant tool. He became that way. Yeah. He didn't used to be. Because I legit loved Even Stevens back in the day. The, what was it, the Project Greenlight, the HBO show that showed, it was like the, it was Survivor, but for movie making. They had a bunch of like producers, writers, and directors come in, and they'd all vie. Like the writers would vie for their script to be made, and then they'd take that script and give it to the winning directors, and then they made a movie. And like it's just ten episodes of you're watching a movie made. And Shia LaBeouf was in that very first season. He was one of the actors oh. in the first movie. I think it was him and Amy Smart. Um, oh. The Battle of Shaker Heights was the movie. Um, was not it- good. It wasn't good. Is it like a small independent movie that they make or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I think it's uh, Joel Silver, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are the three like American Idol type judges who kind uh-huh, of say okay. everything. Um, and then they get like a small like m- less than a million dollar. Like it's like a hundred thousand budget. Like it's it's real potatoes, like real, real, sh- real thrifty shit. But. One of their movies was pretty decent. Feast came out, and it was pretty decent. But I was getting off the point. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf was great back then. I think Holes, he was fine in. I, that was his first big picture, I think. I think so, that yeah. That was his first major motion picture. And then he did, you know, everybody gets their their, uh, their yeah. knocks. Well, actually... He had a few cameos. Like, he was in Constantine. Yeah, I was going to say, he was in Constantine. And I enjoyed him a lot in Constantine. He's pretty great. I think Constantine, that was after Holes, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because he started to get these kind of, he started to make a name for himself, mm-hmm. like as like the the and with Shia LaBeouf, he wasn't the guest star or the the sorry the lead star until Transformers, and then that's what broke him. See, I think before Transformers, he he had a couple of starring roles. He was in this movie Eagle Eye. You remember I this now? I Think that's after Transformers. I don't think it was. I think that was his first big starring Because that was uh, one... Oh, okay. So, Eagle Eye, you're right and wrong. Eagle Eye was after that's, Transformers. That's kind of, oh, it is? But what came out before was the same director, DJ Caruso, did Disturbia. 
which okay. was the uh, Rear Window remake. That's right. And that also had him. And that was him. He was That's leading right. star in it. So he did have a movie out where he got big in the starring role. It wasn't Eagle Eye because that was the follow up that came okay. out later. With the same But director. it was Disturbia. Uh huh. So you are right. I'm right and wrong. It's the best kind of right. I think so. <laughs> That's what sh- I would want to be. It shows I don't know as much as I claim to. Which is true. Oh, nobody does. Everybody's just full of shit and blowing smoke up their own ass. How you liking that drink, buddy? It's good. Uh, it's just a smooth little drinker. I tell you, we... What are, what are we drinking, Kyle? We're drinking eggnog again because it is December. It's the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And uh, you oh, and I tried eggnog for the first time last year. And it was great. I fell in love. I really enjoyed it. And I am still fully on board this year. Yeah, this is a pre-mix this year. Last year, you kind of made it yourself, which I was... I bought eggnog and brandy separately and mixed them. The it, was, it was surprisingly... Uh, not surprising. I, I don't know. Eggnog is egg and milk and some other stuff. And nog. Egg and nog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I'm not a fan of nog. I think that's just because you're roastist. <laughs> Roses. I don't know where you're going with that. I don't one, either. But no, I egg egg stuff. I'm usually not a fan of. I'm not either. So a liquid based drink made with egg was not sounding great to me. But it I never sounded take good. The I hell agree. out of this. <clears throat> but I never had it, and I have fallen in love with it. And it's probably something I'll drink every year for Christmas until I die. So honestly, it's not far off from horchata. I've never had horchata, but it's I know this, you're a big fan. But without the rum <laughs> or brandy or whatever is in it, because it's just milk and cinnamon. It's milk, oh. cinnamon, and maybe some like sugar or brown brown sugar or something. It's it's this. It's just like a non-alcoholic this that's a little bit um, not as thick. It's not as thick because of the egg, but it's good. Buddy, I missed you last week, I gotta say. You know, I did too, but... Uh, I don't know. Maybe the podcast would be better if I was on it because it was a great episode. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm happy that you listened because we did have a fill-in guest for you last week. It was our our good buddy Nathan mm-hmm. came in and sat down. We had a nice com- we were we talked for a long time. It was almost two hours. Yeah, a nice hour forty minute discussion. Uh, Nathan's great. He's he's the best. I love he, that guy. He can roll with like any conversation topic you threw at him. He was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh. That said, what was, oh man, God, you guys were saying something that I had like a contentious point. I was like, no, I need to be here because y'all are, what was it? Something came up and you were both poo-pooing on it. And I was firmly in the camp of enjoying it. And I was what like, God, we? I wish I was there for this. I'm trying to think of what and now I can't pooed on. Because now I've had a bunch of eggnog in my system. And uh, now it has slipped. Yeah, it's terrible. I know. We talked about Death Stranding and Kojima for a while. Definitely did that. We mm-hmm. talked about uh, incest porn for quite a while. A little bit, yeah. That was a good topic. A we talked bit. about documentaries, cameras, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, child molesters were also discussed. We talked about Kevin Spacey. Was that it? No, because I mean, I'm with yeah. I, like I would Kevin not have Spacey a dissenting. Defender. I would not have a dissenting opinion on that. You know what? You know, <laughs> Kevin Spacey he gets bad rap. He just uh. He likes to blow underage dudes. I don't see what the big deal is. You know, like, uh, <laughs> maybe people just need to relax. Let uh, let people blow underage dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, uh, shit I, show. 
So here's something I want you to put into context because okay. I I don't remember saying it all, but you said I I said that rich people like to eat oh, shrimp a la mode. You did. Uh, you were talking about specifically the it was Nathan. Nathan started it. Uh, and it was on reference of, I think, the My Super Sweet 16. And oh, that he had okay. no perspective to it. And you're like, well, you just got to imagine, like, these rich people are used to eating shrimp a la mode all the time. That's but, like, true. you were riffing so quick. I was like, does Kyle know shrimp a la mode <laughs> means shrimp with ice cream? Because that doesn't Here's sound very classy. Here's the thing. I wouldn't put it past super rich people to eat shrimp with ice cream. I bet it's some weird thing. Oh, you think they eat ice cream? They don't eat ice cream, man. They eat, like... They have, like, gelato. That's it. They're, like, getting their shit imported from fucking Italy and like, shit. Like, made that or day. they get their fucking servants to eat the ice cream for them and then describe how it is so they don't get fucking up calories on spit it in their mouths. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like my ice cream. Cold. Fuck that. I need it room temperature no, like, and the rich wet. people put it in their mouth and they enjoy the taste and then they spit it into the servant's oh, mouth. Oh, I like that. So that they don't get the calories, but they still get uh. the taste. And then they they dip the shrimp in. Let me ask you, what would it take monetarily to get you in that position? To be the leftover ice cream cream taker? Man, I don't know, dude. Because that's that's also... Man, there's some degrading shit happening there. Like... Oh, yeah. This is this is legit like something out of Parasite. You're you're absolutely working for somebody that does not see you even as a human being. Uh Uh-huh. You are a spit receptacle. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. So what's your cost? What's your dollar for spit receptacle? I don't know. Like, w- would you have benefits? Like, yeah. I mean, you get fucking. You get dental. All health. of it. They are fully paying. What is your salary? You're you're getting benefits with it. What is your What is your salary? All right. So let me let me get some more clarification. And we'll here. say all right. W- once a day, only once a day. Are you going to take this ice cream in your mouth? Or whatever they choose. It could be anything. Okay. Whatever so they eat. Food, but once a day, you have to day. take it. And this is something that somebody else would eat. Like, they're not going to be, like, putting Drano in their mouth yes. and then gargling and spitting in your mouth. Sure. Uh, um, damn. And would this be my only job requirement? Like, I don't do, I don't have to clean anything. Hmm. I don't do anything else. But, like, I'm the dude that once a day. Yes. They just come and they're like, hey, you know, I'm going to spit in your mouth now. There's no other requirement, but you're on call. Yeah. 24 you have hours to be day. ready to go whenever they want to spit in your mouth. <laughs> so you basically live there. I would imagine you have a room or like an off house site somewhere close. And you travel with them. Yeah. Because if they're going somewhere. God damn. I don't know, man. I'm real weird on the degrading part, though. Really? I don't know why. Because I do a lot of other degrading things, but I know, for this we've one, done some shit on this podcast. That's I know. pretty degrading. But I feel like, again, it's my choice. I, I guess this would be my choice, too. It is. They're not forcing me to the job. Ah! Think of this. You're Robin Hooding them. You're taking from the rich, man. All for the price of getting spit in your mouth. 200000 a year? Whew, that's high. Is it? I mean, I'm. No, no, I must be like a really shitty human being. Because oh, I'm like, I don't know. I'd still do it for under five, for like a five figure salary. Yeah, really? Like 90000 Once a day, I have to get food spit in my mouth. Yeah. Fine. Fine. I'd do that. And it's going to be a rich person, so you know it's not like one of the, you know, people at Walmart spitting in your mouth. It's going to be somebody with a little bit of class. This is absolutely some fetish somewhere. 
Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, I'll do it for fucking free. No, are you that, kidding? Not only that, I'm sure there are actually rich, rich people that are paying somebody right now. They're like spit on people. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, this is going to be the topic of Get Out too, for sure. Uh, I don't know what else I was going to say. Oh, man. How about this show I just introduced you to? Mmm, Taskmaster. Yeah. I like it. You fucking love it. I love it. I was sold at Greg Davies, though. I know. I was, too. <laughs> as soon as I saw that big, tall Brit, I was like, oh, I love this dude. I'm and in. It was fun. I, uh, our other friend of the show, Alex, her husband, Blake, has been on the show. Ah. I, I had written her, because her, she's my British buddy. That's what I call her, because we both really like certain British television. Like, what are some examples for uh, the list? Of, huge the fans of the IT crowd. It's fantastic. Um, she's the one that turned me on to the Inbetweeners. Really? Which also stars Greg Davies. She she talked about the Inbetweeners to me forever, and I was That's just so like, oh, maybe good. I'll watch it. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And then finally one day I was like bored and I saw it on Netflix. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And then binge the whole thing. It's like a smarter American pie. It's very, I very love good. It. Yeah. I, I was, again, I don't know why I didn't. Maybe. I'm real weird, like, if you don't describe something to me the right way, I'm just going to blow it off. Yep. But had she said, it's like, it's a great coming-of-age story about four young dudes in high school. I'd have been like, all right, I'm going to check that out. But, like, she was trying to show me, she kept talking about, like, uh, her favorite scene is when one of the characters vomits. I think it's... Uh, it's like Simon or yeah, Will? Yeah, Simon. Simon. <laughs> he vomits at some point on the girl that he has a crush on. Uh, she really liked that one. And I was like, I mean, I guess I'll watch this. But then yeah. once I realized what it really was, I was like, oh, this has me because I relate to it as well. Who? Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to just take an in-betweener break right here real quick because I love the show. I, I never get to fucking talk about it. I've even seen the movies. Like, I just I I dig it. I love everything about it. Who do you relate to of the four in-betweeners? I mean, you should know this already. Is it... Uh, is it gonna be Jay? Of course it's Jay. That's what I thought you might go with. I fucking love Jay so much. Jay <laughs> is the best character. Oh man, I love Jay. Oh man, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You're a Will, right? That's exactly uh, where I was going in my head. I'm yeah. total fucking Will. You absolutely are. And I, I feel I'm I'm pretty confidently a Jay. I, I maybe a bit Simon. I. I could see a little bit of Simon. Because I was an awkward pretty boy. I wouldn't say totally Jay, because Jay also is like um, just socially inept to, yes. a, to a T, and that's not you. Like, you do know your way around social situations. That's why maybe you have more of the Simon in you, too. Maybe. Uh, Jay's... I get, all right, you're not, so you're not rephrase, the ne'er-do-well Jay is. To, to rephrase, I'm probably more like Simon, but Jay is my favorite character. Okay. Let me say it like that. Interesting. All right. So then in that scenario, I am probably more like Will, but my favorite character, I can't think of his fucking name, but it's Jay's friend. The big, tall, lanky dummy. The the dumb one. He cracks my shit up. He's fucking hilarious, too. He just... He'll always have like one line that you just don't see coming. Well, because he's so dumb, too. (laughs) (laughs) He also gets that fucking chick pregnant. (laughs) I don't know, man. That show is fantastic, and everybody should watch The Inbetweeners. I agree. What, all right. Uh, fucking rap, fucking Brit Hour. This is, this is all we're doing. Sure. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Have you seen it? I have not seen this. <gasps> no. You should watch Dark Place. Okay. This is where Moss and... Uh, you got me at Moss. Who's the guy who wished for the robot arm, and it became true. Matt Berry. I Matt Berry's Matt Berry. in it, too. So Moss this and This is where Matt they Berry. got their start, oh. and it's... 
it is like it's in 80 it's one six episodes and it's done like most british tv shows uh every 30 minute episode is based around like a horror thing okay it's kind of like stephen king but set in a hospital but done really really badly like it is like the room mixed with the stephen king story every episode with those people in it and it is fantastic this is what turned me on to british sitcoms and this was maybe 10 to 15 years ago Really? I think they 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 did one of the things where like nowhere out of nowhere they played on Adult Swim. Like they did with The Room like that one time. I was like, "What the fuck is this show?" And I started watching and they had a marathon. I just watched maybe like the rest of the four episodes that went through and I was like, "This is I've got to tell this to everybody." And, and like, it's all on it's all in a hospital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's 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 so good. Like each one episode or each episode opens with narration from the guy who is Garth Marenghi, who's the famous writer, and he is just so pompous and up his ass, but like so oblivious about it. It's so fucking That's good. Typical British stuff. It's it is. Love it that. is. Uh that show's good. Uh Toast is it the Toast of London? Another I've Matt Berry show. Yeah. Oh, Wait, no, that's not the one I've seen with the American dude that was also in the Mighty Boosh. Ooh, who is the American dude in the Mighty Boosh? <clears throat> uh, he plays like the director of the zoo in the first season. Oh, see, I've only seen maybe two Mighty Boosh episodes, and Man, one was see, with you. That that's another one of that was like one of my favorite British shows too. That one when it came out was maybe a little too weird for me at the time and i think Fair enough i should go back to it and you i really do should. think i'll appreciate it now Absolutely. much like tim and eric tim and eric came out and i was like i don't know what the fuck this is <laughs> nope thanks i will stick to my cartoons uh rich fulcher who you uh, recognize familiar but as this guy you don't know him no, he's I don't a, recognize he's him. He's an American dude, but he's in a ton of British shows. He like moved no. over to Britain and... I'm not too, too familiar with him. He's got this great show with Matt Berry. What's it called? I'm looking it up now. At, Matt Berry is one of those people too. Anytime. Anytime he makes a show, I'll watch it. What is their show? Uh, Snuffbox. Snuffbox. It's a great show. Have you ever... You know what a Snuffbox is? No. So it's it's not as provocative as it sounds. So snuff sounds pretty provocative. Uh, is very similar to like chewing tobacco. Mm. Snuff is uh, it's a finely powdered tobacco that uh, fancy rich people would, especially in like the old times, you'd just get a pinch and snuff it up your nose. That's why it's called snuff. So okay. a snuff box is just a box full of your personal snuff. That's how you get your tobacco nicotine fix. Sure. So Snuffbox, I'm assuming, is like you get your weekly fix of this TV show, Snuffbox. I guess so. And it's, it's just... Is it improv or like skit-based? A or little bit skit-based. Uh... <clears throat> I'll show you a super cut after this. Okay. It's all the Matt, famous Matt Berry bits from it, and they are choice. I might have shown Matt it to Perry's you already. It's when he's meeting all these women, and he's trying to talk to them, and as soon as he says that they have a boyfriend, he's like, fuck you, and walks away from them. I actually think I have seen that. It's At one point, he kicks some dog. Uh, he's carrying some woman's aquarium for f- full of fish. And he's like, where am I taking this for you, you lovely young lass? And she's like, what's well, actually right up here to my boyfriend's? Fuck you! <laughs> and he drops the aquarium and just walks away. 
Great stuff, man. Fantastic. You know, Matt Berry was recently on a Queens of the Stone Age song, right? I did not they know do, this. They, they do their desert sessions, which is they get together and jam every so often and just get a bunch of artists together. And he did like a whole song where he's just like scatting and riffing while Josh oh. Holmes doing guitars and shit. It's good. I want to hear this now. It's pretty easy. I can't remember what it's called, but if you look up Desert <clears throat> Sessions, it's on their most recent one. Uh, another show that I know that you haven't seen because I've tried to talk to you about it before. Yes. It's called Saxondale. No, but I do remember talking about this. Because the not. stars and is written, produced, and directed by Mr. Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. who's one of my all-time favorites. I, you know, me too. Me too. He, you would uh, love Saxondale, Because man. Hamlet too, obviously, yeah. is great. But also, did you ever see his Alan Partridge stuff? Uh-huh. I uh-huh. love the Alan Partridge stuff, yep. too. There's he's a, great. A lot of great Alan Partridge stuff. There's one where he's uh, interviewing the guy that plays Bricktop in... Uh, oh, uh, Snatch. Snatch. It's, uh, yep, I don't know the actor's name. I don't know it either. But he's interviewing that guy, and it's fucking great, because that guy's playing a, a mobster who's, like, out straight, and... Oh, man... He he got he had just recently it's like OJ Simpson he was just recently acquitted of murder and then Alan Partridge has him on and he's mm-hmm. like well here's a reenactment of what this is uh, <laughs> of the way that some people say it went down and it shows him like killing the person and then just going taxi <laughs> and the guy he's like that just looks like two poofdas playing a joke over there and then he starts threatening Steve Coogan or Alan Partridge and he's like no you tell me what that is boy and he's like it's, it's two poofdas playing a joke. So that's what I thought, boy. And great stuff, man. <laughs> Steve Coogan, brilliant. He All is. time fave. Honestly, he I don't know, he kind of snuck up on me. Yeah. He's one I really didn't know about till Hamlet 2. Or, or no, maybe Tropic Thunder. <clears throat> I can't remember Hamlet which was Hamlet 2 was first. my introduction to him. Was it? And then I started to do uh, anything that I could see from him. He did. He's done a couple of like mockumentary movies that are the, pretty great the trips mm-hmm. yeah those are really I great enjoy it. it's it's it always it, it's them somewhere fancy like in italy or spain and all they do is just impressions it uh-huh. just always boils down to them doing impressions and being dicks to each other yeah. about the impressions it's just so small and petty and i love it that's great stuff <laughs> that's that's i don't like overarching like mean-spirited things but when there's like a little bit of pettiness like that's my that's my fucking thing and the the goddamn british do it so well yeah oh they yeah do it so good Dude, and that's again this show we're, we're coming full circle taskmaster is full of that because i haven't so each season it's those same group of comedians doing all of the tasks oh i didn't know that but then each season is a different group of comedians so like Oh, season so, one is the the same cast yes. for all. Okay. And so there gets to be this great little like rivalries and animosities that start to come into play. Okay. And it's it's quite enjoyable. Something that you really don't get in shows that do it every week. There's like a new cast or even like we I briefly mentioned whose line is it anyway. Like yeah. there's nothing like a rivalry in that show because it's all. None of it makes... It doesn't matter. Like it's in this just one, made up points. The points actually matter. Like, there's yeah. a deliberate progression. There are rules. And it's just... It's a fantasticness. I yeah. love it. It's it's quite enjoyable. Quite humorous. And the rivalries and... I don't know. Just the callbacks to other things that happen. Like... Ah. Oh. Well, as you said, they're comedians. Like that the, is a great the thing too. The contestants are comedians, so like they know how to make the material funny mm-hmm. and work. Yep. So there are callbacks. Yeah, it is is comedians 
making a funny situation out of like i don't know a trivial game show they they really elevate it like it's I, so good and i've watched a lot of like the british game shows there's like uh the big quiz that's I'm one familiar with that one that one it used to be hosted by uh who's that really fancy british dude Is he had a show on jimmy carr yes yeah jimmy yeah, carr. it's like he hosts almost every british yes. game show in my my opinion <laughs> and it's a great one and uh you know no fielding's been on that a lot there's a great one where it was no fielding who was from the mighty boosh He's the vampire from it crowd, yes. IT uh, crowd. There was there's a there's a episode of the big quiz, which is like I think it's like a two or three hour thing where like they just go over things for that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he and Russell Brand were teammates one year, dude, and they are just fucking amazing together. Because Russell Brand is hilarious too. He and they both kind of look the same, and they kind of have like the same alt comedy avant garde shit going on, and. They're playing off each other real well and just fucking with everybody. It's great, man. It it's, is. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. And Russell Brand's another one like Steve Coogan, where I think everybody learned about him and forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. And then like he real quickly overstayed his welcome in America with get him to the Greek and whatever else he did after real quick. But I love this dude. Like anytime he does an interview, I think he is like a very fascinating. He's super smart. It's like Marilyn Manson back in the day. Like when oh, Marilyn Manson say, like, would do he's interviews. like Joe Rogan. He that is too. he yeah. is super intelligent. I would not expect it. If from you've him. not listened to it, you should listen to Russell Brand on Joe Rogan. I did. This is how I know. That I and what I love he's too so st- is because Russell Brand is like a huge vegan. He's very very against like hunting and animal cruelty. And Joe Rogan is a big hunter. Mm-hmm. Two dudes with completely vastly different viewpoints. And they talk about it like gentlemen. There's that's that's it. That's it exactly. Like you can go to any Russell Brand interview, and like many times, I think he's one of these uh, personalities that a lot of people try to get rises out of yeah. to try to get him to do shit. Um, and he doesn't take the bait. Like no. he's very classy, and he knows how to have very civil discussions with people there's or like a, diffuse situations and not make them explode into big. There's things. a great video of him like on MSNBC's like Morning Joe. Where they're trying to like get him to do things, and he's like, yep. "I'm not your monkey. Like, I'm I'm here to talk. Like, what do you?" And he just fucking tears him down, and it's great. I mm-hmm. love Russell Brand. Me fucking too. Mwah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Great. I love this British hour we're having. This is fantastic. I did not expect it going this route. Yeah, I'm a okay with this. Here's a, here's a British <laughs> thing I never got into, and I don't ever see myself getting into it, which is weird because it's in my wheelhouse. Doctor Who. Don't fucking care. <sighs> I'm I'm with you. I've tried really hard. I made it through all of the Christopher Christopher Eccleston series, which is, I think, the first season where you have okay. Christopher Eccleston as the doctor. And I want to say Rose is the companion. Then it jumps to David Tennant, Tennant, which I think is everybody's favorite. This is what they say. And I'll tell you what, like, he's fine. The stories never really hit me. I don't think the stories are great, especially not as great as everybody makes them out to be like coming from somebody who i don't know i feel like this is pretty much tailor made for me this is as nerdy as you fucking can get exactly it seems a little basic and simple and and like the themes and symbolism and like what they're trying to discuss about history super like on the nose when they do it uh there's only been one episode of doctor who that i've been like oh this is something fucking really good and smart and it was a mockumentary episode that does not follow the doctor, but follows like a random person in a band who loves ELO and they're practicing like Mr. Blue Sky every time. And that's like the one song that like is their interstitial cuts 
when they change scenes and shifts like Mr. Blue Sky plays. So it's like really focused around ELO. Okay. But it follows this one guy who happens across the doctor and then gets stuck and obsessed. Like who is this random guy coming out of nowhere that seems ageless? And he starts to like pick at the threads and unravel everything. And it becomes like this big, like, I don't know, Howard Hughes, like weird, crazy obsession with him. But then, like, at the same time, it, like, covers, like, a first love in this band. And he has, like, I, I want to say a crush on, like, uh, the drummer in the band. I don't remember what. But it's this really sweet love story. And then there's an alien and, like, that, I don't know. The second or third alien in the show that's ever revealed is just, like, a farting mat. Like, they just fart and burp, and it's, like, real stupid and cheesy. And this alien in this one episode, which I want to say is love and something. I don't know. Uh, actually threatening. Actually scary. Okay. Actually threatening. Like, it absorbs people, and then, like, you... It, it's almost a Freddy Krueger thing, where, like, at one point, like, you can see the people it's absorbed, like, in its bodies, and you can see, like, their contorted faces screaming in pain and agony it's like really dark and i'm like oh my god this is from the show that gave us like the farting burping like prime minister fucking alien like we get this like this is actually pretty interesting and then the next episode they do something like i don't know really stupid and cheesy like they have like a giant face stretched out on a tarp i'm like okay this is back to stupid (laughs) silly shit but like that one episode i was like this is brilliant and if every episode had this level of care and thought into it and like the the creativity i'd be into it i couldn't i've but tried it's, it's not as there. well to get into doctor who and it just has never ever grabbed me mm-hmm. i've heard nothing but like it's the best show ever and again i think it's just uh, yeah. a sense of like you know different strokes different folks not everybody is gonna like everything that was something i learned as a creator like early on that i think really helped benefit me is that yeah. like there's going to be people that don't like your shit, man. And that's fine. You don't, you don't need, they don't have to like it. That's, it doesn't mean that they don't like you or anything like that, but just because they don't relate to what you're creating, it's, it's -hmm. completely fine. Not everybody's going to like everything. And if they did, the whole world would be incredibly fucking boring. So. Or harmonious. (laughs) I mean, you could have harmony, but harmony sucks all the time. I like a little discord. You know what? Yeah. Uh. Well, all right. Wait. Hold on. Let's let's probe this uh, thought. You would. So, if you were given a chance to have a world of perfect harmony, you would say no because you enjoy a little bit of disharmony every once in a while. All right. So if. All right. So in this instance, if your world of perfect harmony. Is the fact that everybody likes the same things and hates the same things. Yeah, I'm going to go against that. If it's my version where it's something like Russell Brand and Joe Rogan exist and can communicate, but still like completely different things. I see. I see. I'll take that. There's a little discord there, but it's respectful. I don't want to. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, you, you can not like something and not be an asshole about it. For sure. So that's all I'm getting at. You can, yeah. And, yeah. and that's I what I'm saying. What like, saying. when people don't like my shit, I'm not an asshole about it. I'm like, well, you fucking stupid. You don't like the things like, I'm the greatest genius ever. Because number one, I know I'm not. Number uh, two. Are you sure? Because I feel like I, I've heard you say you're the voice of well, a generation. Sure. I mean, I am. <laughs> I'm the generation of old people at this point. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I'm not a boomer yet. No, you and I are millennials, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. 
But we're not fucking Generation Z. And we're not so boomers. That's saying something. I know, like, goddamn, millennials got bad rap, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> uh, not being a boomer or a Gen Zer. Fuck, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> and I say fuck them, but I honestly don't care. It's stupid fucking labels. There's good and bad for everything. Whatever. I mean that in the most harmonious way. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Negro opportunists, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck olds, fuck youngs, fuck them all. Uh, I bought a I bought a new comic. Oh, what kind of comic? So what? I'm what? I, I know, right? No, I'm interested. Uh, <laughs> it's this comic series called Zombie Tramp. Have you ever heard of this? No. What uh? What publisher is it? Image or IDW? I think it's Image. Let me grab it. It's over here. All right. I'll vamp real quick. So Zombie Tramp. Uh, oh, that's a nice cover. Yeah, right. I mean, it tells you what it is. It's Mendoza. Huh. It's a. It's really kind of a self-published thing. I have not heard of this at all. It's kind of cool. What? What's uh? What's the selling points of Zombie Tramp? I don't know. It's. I mean, I kind of got into it. It's sexy drunk girls. And are they zombies? Eventually. She Eventually, be, she becomes. Zombies. I mean, pretty early on in the first episode, she becomes a zombie, and then it's like a a weird superhero thing, but it's also super violent, and it has you know naked girlies and zombie titties and things like that. It's it's a fun. It's very tongue in cheek. I have opened up like three or four pages, and there is like a chick covering her like uh, tits, what? like almost every every yeah. page. Like she's scantily clad. Uh-huh. Like holy shit. I mean, again, it's very tongue. It's it's a fun book. I'm I'm quite enjoying it. And there's it's a it is like Sin City, black and white, mm-hmm. and then only red for blood. Yep. Which is, I dig that. It's it's pretty fun little read so far. So it's it's like a weird alt hero thing that also deals with like sexiness, girls, tramps, uh, zombies. It's got almost everything. So that's totally Mario, right? I think so. Like that, that guy totally drew Mario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm into it. Let's see who did this. Dan Mendoza is yeah. the writer artist. And I think it's one of those things where, like, yeah, he's the writer artist. So he like had this it's thing. Published, yeah. And he, I think he was doing it kind of online for a while. And then people really latched onto it. It became mm. sort of an indie underground thing. And then he started publishing it. So fantastic. Awesome. Dude. Well, I'm glad regardless of whatever comic it is you're getting into it you're getting into comics they when can i be finish fun. it i'll let you borrow it see if you dig it and then yeah. maybe we'll do something there so i'd be down i'd be uh, down yeah comics that's really all i got <laughs> i don't have much to say more on that on I comics that was it you I, have a zombie tramp that's yeah. it <laughs> well i didn't i'd kind of hope you had had heard of it and you could yeah, tell me more it's, so. honestly it's been real bad i've been a brand whore for sure because sure. i've not read anything outside of marvel for the last which is weird because i guess that's six years maybe oh that's not we... true i read kingdom come yeah that's been it though i guess that's also where we differ because i definitely pull more towards the indie comic scene than the I... big stuff even though i love the big stuff like you know yeah. i love hulk i love wolverine i love spider-man I yeah love batman i love superman like i love them but i don't really read them because I feel like I've kind of read everything that has been said. I know there's some cool stories that are being done yeah. still. There like, are, especially. I mean, I, like I can talk. Superman, I can talk Batman like, right now. Batman has been doing. Is Batman still lost in time? Because that was kind of like the last big thing I remember that was really cool. But I, I didn't read that. I think I've read from after he's been lost in time, so I'm not sure. But 
ever since DC did their big rebirth and restarted a bunch of shit, not been into anything they've done. Like I really, I followed the Green Arrow. I love the Green Arrow books. Kevin Smith wrote them in like the early 2000s mm-hmm. and got me in. Like he had such a smart, good voice for Oliver Queen. Like I was sold. This was my DC hero. And then the rebirth, they completely changed him and redid everything. I was like, oh, this is not the character I care about. But they did Batman very, very well. I liked the Superman rebirth they did for a while. I was following that. Because they've got him with fucking Wonder Woman. And like they're doing a bunch of shit. Like I'm it's cool. What they're doing is like what Marvel did with the Ultimates in like the 2000s. Is Grant Morrison still running it? He was for a while. I don't that's know why if... I got into it when they first did this big reboot, because they yeah. gave it to Grant Morrison. I think he did it for a bit. I don't know if he's still on it or not. Um, honestly, it it did not strike the right chord with me, the reboot stuff. I love Grant Morrison and his voice on Superman. Like, as you said, All-Star Superman, I think is... You, you and I disagree. I think you go Red Sun, but I think All-Star Superman no, is like it's the Superman best. story. I, re- I really is... enjoy Red Sun for what it is, and I think a lot of people should read it because it it's is. a cool alt story. All-Star Superman is hands down the best Superman story I've ever read. I Yeah. I, I've all, no I, fucking question. It's the best. It's everybody, so good. Like, I, anybody who goes like, Superman's a pussy. I don't fucking like him. He's a Boy Scout. It's like, no, he's not. And this is what you need to read. Like, mm-hmm. this is the one... I think that nails Superman. It, it, this accessible for fucking anybody. Yeah. Like they make him vulnerable, they make him human, they make him relatable. And DC has always had an issue with making their heroes fucking relatable. They are gods, they are myths, they are legends. Sure. They're not fucking relatable. That's why I've always been drawn to Marvel because Which is they also are weird, fucking especially relatable. Especially in the movie scene cuz like the only actual god in the Marvel movies is the most relatable character of all of them, right? <laughs> Oh, what? Is Thor more relatable than, like, Peter Parker? I don't know, man. I think Peter Parker's always been the most relatable, even even more than Thor. Maybe. I don't know. I They're think... both pretty good at it. <laughs> but I was just it's funny to me that Thor is a god, and he's somehow the most human. He's he's also become that way. Yes, he he did not start out that way. No. There's been a lot of growing <laughs> for that character. Yeah, and even even in the books, like... Thor's brash, and you can see kind of that humanity coming through, but he is still very much like a god in the books. Like, he's nowhere near as relatable as Taika Waititi and the Russo's made him. Yeah. Like, he is well, not that way in the books. Thor in the books is, it strikes me a lot more like Aquaman in the DC movies. Yeah, not far off. Mm-hmm. N- that's pretty close. And that's, I've never really related to Thor in the books. Uh, honestly, the blasphemy here uh the best thor run they've done is jane foster's thor is that fem thor lady thor or or the mighty thor if you will but yeah that's a great arc it's uh the the basic plot she has cancer and is found worthy so she she takes the power of thor becomes the lady thor while thor is still there but he's unworthy so it's kind of like a thorn in his side but it's a choice made by freya so then that becomes a thorn and odin side and it becomes like this huge split in asgard over this and every time she becomes thor like any chemotherapy in her gets kicked out so every time she does something heroic and like saves the day she's essentially killing herself and that's the story is like you're just watching this balance until eventually she just saves the day too many times oh and and it's real dark and it's real sad it's like a spawn twist to it it's 
it kind of is. And this is ironic because that's when they start bringing in Angela and all this stuff. And it does have a kind of spawn that countdown clock to it. And it's real. I, I don't know. Mature and thoughtful mature. and really good. Uh, some good stuff. What a- and and I think the writer, Jason Aaron, hates God and religion. So there's a lot of good like what? Oh, man. The best issue of Thor in recent years is Lady Thor, Mighty Thor goes up against some Shi'ar gods and they have a God contest. And like the Shi'ar gods are like, well, we're going to instill fear in our followers uh, for this test. You just want to get the most amount of followers. So they go and they start creating floods and purges and like these, the Ten Commandment plagues to get people to follow. And Thor's just like, that's fucked up. Why the fuck would you do that? Like, yeah. we're not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm going to save these people. And then she slowly but surely gets people to see like, oh yeah, these old gods are fucking bullshit. We're not going to believe in gods. They're stupid. Let's believe in the heroes that are here today doing things. Gods are pointless. And like, that's the whole fucking message of a Marvel comic book. Gods are pointless. Don't believe in them. Believe in what is here now doing good. That's fucking fantastic. Then you also have the great Doctor Doom comic where he tricks a god into giving him his powers. Doom's great. Yeah. God, I of all the one Fantastic Four coming to the MCU has me hyped, but not as hyped as Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, so fucking. Again, I think I said it like a year and a half ago. I'd love to see them slowly make Doctor Doom the next big Thanos, like big bad. He should be. He really should be. Honestly, I hear people putting out like uh, Galactus because Fuck he's Galactus. the easy big fucking yeah. thing. But it's Doom. Doom yeah. Doom, or like Norman Osborn. These are your big people you go with. You go with the big, manipulative, smart threats. You don't go fucking. I'd love to see Doom, man. I'd love to see Doom done justice. Because mm-hmm. in my opinion, he's maybe my favorite Marvel villain. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just like he's got so much potential and so much. Because he's on that Tony Stark level, like, intelligence, too, which is crazy. And I, I think we've got... He's, like, third smartest in the universe? Or maybe fourth? I mean, I know it's all This subjective. power... This, this smart ranking gets thrown out fucking every book. They, they retcon that power... That all the smart time. ranking so often. Like, now it's like... Luna, oh, I can't even think of her fucking name, but Moon Girl, Luna something. She might be the smartest person now yeah. in this universe. And now there's a bunch of other people up there. Uh, Nadia Pym, Hank Pym's illegitimate daughter from the Black Room where Natasha Romanoff was trained Romanoff? is now a thing. And she is one of the 10 smartest. or five smartest people. Like they, they just keep changing the shit. Amadeus Cho. The new Incredible Hulk yeah. is also one of the fucking. He's Banner, actually the eighth smartest. He is specifically Bruce was eighth like smartest. number like three yeah. generally, right? Yeah, it was Tony, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mister Incredible, Fantastic, Mister Fantastic. Yeah, sorry, Mister Incredible. Had a look, I had a couple beers. It's okay, Mister Incredible's great. We then love Bruce him. Banner, uh-huh. and then like Doom. That's what I remember. Now, in that equation, you can also put up, um, I, know, I would say, Moon Girl's up there. Incredibly offensive, and I'm not meaning it, but I know Little Black Girl Iron Man. Is, Riri, Riri Williams, also Iron Heart, smart. is up there. 
Um, you also have Nadia Van Pam, Van Pim, which I mentioned, and then there's a mutant. Uh, I fucking can't think of his stupid mutant name, but he's really, really smart. I want to say he's prodigy, but I'm not sure. He's kind of an asshole. He's really arrogant, and he knows he's smart. But he's also in that list. Is Beast too. up I, there too? Because no, not anymore. Really? Okay. Not anymore. I like. Is I Hank think he, honestly, he's bumped down out of the top ten for sure. Is he smarter than Professor X? Ooh, that's interesting. Because is X in the top ten? I honestly don't think Professor X would be anymore. Because he's not he, intelligent as much as he, he's got like that fucking power. Well, he's got the power, and he's also like he's just a great leader. Yes, like Cyclops. Cyclops yeah. is a great leader, but he's not intelligent. Exactly. Reed Richards is a leader, and he's intelligent. He's up there. Uh, there might be. Uh, there's more villains up there. I'm sure. Like, there's the Mad Thinker. That belongs up there. It's it's for sure. The mad thinker. Uh-huh. I know Parker's pretty smart too, right? <laughs> Peter Parker's up there. He's definitely yep. top 20. Uh-huh. I don't think he's top 10. Say Kang is up there. Or, or Kang the Conqueror uh, with his too. time shit. He's not tops. No. I Honestly, Peter Parker's smarter than really? Kurt Connors by a landslide. And Doc Octavius? Uh, Doc Ock is up there. Yeah, Doc Ock has a contention because he, Doc he Ock is. Leaves, he leads Sinister Six, doesn't he? He always has. He's always the one with the smart plans. Yeah, he's the leader. For okay, sure. mm-hmm. and he tricked Peter Parker and took over his body and became the Superior Spider-Man for That's a while, true. which was super cool. He gets, in, <laughs> he gets into. I love hey, buddy. that first episode. He gets into a fight with somebody and like. You learn how much Peter Parker holds back as Spider-Man. Like, oh, cause... he lets loose a punch and just, like, fucking punches through some dude. Yeah. Like, some criminal he's trying to stop. He's like, oh, I have a newfound respect for <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, he's fought me all this time, and he could literally punch a hole through me, and he hasn't. Yeah. But, like, that's his first time he goes out to fight crime. He just, like, punches through a dude. I'm like... I'm into this. All right. <laughs> that I like that. It's always been I we talked about it just recently when uh Lex Luthor switches bodies with the Flash mm. and like some <laughs> Justice League cartoon and he takes his mask off in a mirror and then just goes, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> it's such a great little diss on Barry Allen like. It is. It is. It is. Uh, that's it's up stuff. there with I th- that Thanos diss in Endgame. Yeah. Absolutely. You've taken everything from me. I don't I don't know, know who you are. <laughs> Hey, let's move on from some comics. All right. Because we kind of got we did down in the mud here. I mean, I'd get more in the mud, but let's move I on. I know you would. Uh, what else? So I showed you Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. What's something new that you've kind of come into while you've been away from me these last few weeks? Anything? Honestly, not too, too much because one of those weeks my parents were up. Yeah. And I want to show them new things, but... Oh, okay. Well... One of the new things I showed my dad was Always Sunny. Like, I've been trying to get him to watch this fucking show for 13, 14 years now. Yeah. He's refused. Not funny. Bunch of fucking idiots. I don't understand it. Boo, boo, boo. My mom's always dug it. She's like, yeah, I like that show when it's on. I'll watch it and whatever. It's like, okay. But, like, have you watched it, dad? And, like, I really kind of pressured him. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to show you two episodes. Which two? The ones I started with, which actually it worked out perfect. One was a two-parter. I started with the Family Feud episode. Because that really quickly tells you exactly who these people are. It puts it in a context that he can understand. He needs nothing else. It's like, oh, I know this game show. It's super easy. And then I did Mac and Charlie Die. God damn, that's great. Those were the two. And he was sold. And then it ended up 
everything we fucking did was watch Always Sunny. I we we started at season one, and by the time they left, like they were in season five. That's awesome. N- kind of, but like we had like things we were gonna do, and then my dad's like, "Let's just watch Always Sunny," and that's it. So I mean, it's not the worst though. It's not the worst, but it's like motherfucker. Like you've not seen any of the John Wick movies, and like we could watch that and like oh, show yeah. you some new shit. But no, you gotta watch. Always sunny for baby steps, man. Hours. Okay. Like, all right. So it's Christmas, and I will find be going to see my dad yeah. next weekend. One of the traditions I have with him, and one of the things I look forward to, is that I watch Christmas Vacation uh, every I year. Love Christmas Vacation. But the thing I love about watching Christmas Vacation with my dad is that my dad loves this fucking movie so much. I sit next to him on the couch. I've seen it with him my entire life, and he'll still elbow me and be like. Hey, hey, this this part coming up, Bob. I love this. And then he'll start quoting it before they say the line. And then they say the line. But still, I'm cracking up and I love every second of it. And I'm going to miss it when it's gone. But I'm looking forward to it this year again. Just the excitement that he has about it. Yeah, man. I get it. He fucking loves this movie. Yeah. Uh, He loves it so much that he has a Chicago Blackhawks jersey that says Griswold on the back. And he got me one myself that I, I have to wear now to Christmas <laughs> at my dad's so we can watch this movie together. That's it's a big part. Cool. Yeah, I love it, man. It's a little tradition. Mm-hmm. It's dope. Uh, what else? You got you got your dad into Always Sunny? <sighs> Nothing new though? You haven't you haven't broke new ground? I've wanted to. Yeah. I, I like I swear to God, there's so many fucking things to watch and do. And I'm Dude, sadly tell me, waiting on everybody else in my fucking life. I, I am behind on so many fucking shows and I don't even care anymore. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> it's, it's my own choosing because I've been doing nothing but playing the fuck out of Death Stranding still. Yeah. Taking my time. I'm enjoying it. But literally all my free time is that except for I did buy the Master Chief collection recently. Hey, again? Actually, no. I, well, I have the, the Xbox version, but let me tell you how this went down. Okay. So, I wanted, I was looking at it, and I was like, man, I really do want this. I really kind of fucking want this Master Chief collection, because it's all the good Halos. It's up to Halo it's 4. It's a PC collection, too, yeah, right? and it, it is just now coming out on Steam. Microsoft oh, Steam is, specifically. Microsoft is releasing stuff on Steam now. Good on them. So they, they've kind of realized, like, hey, okay, money's better than it's our just, own fucking thing. I'll say, Microsoft, for all the shit they've gotten for Xbox One, and they should get some shit because they've not been producing the games, I think they're making smart decisions with the hardware and what they're doing with the stuff. Like, they were the first to do cross-play. Yeah. Yep. They're the ones that have like that game library where you pay like what three bucks a month and you can I think play so games for Xbox, or whatever. Uh, games Pass. Yeah. Netflix for games. It, yep. It's a smart fucking idea that PlayStation copied, rightly so. It's it's smart. They're doing smart business things. It was uh it was a weird thing. I wanted it, I'd been looking at it forever, and it was like the day before it was gonna come out. So the also the way that they're doing it, they're not releasing everything. Oh. They're doing a staggered release. So you buy the Master Ooh. Chief collection, you do get everything. Eventually. But not at once. So like a Telltale game or something. Somewhat. But like the first game that they released was just Halo Reach. They're releasing them in order of the gameplay story. So you get oh, Reach. fuck. And then the next game they're going to do is Halo Combat Evolved, which is Halo 1. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't mind it. Again, because 
I have it now. I'm gonna have them all. You're gonna have them all. Sure. It's a weird release. It's also cool because like Reach is probably the one that I've played the least, so it was a nice excuse for me to play Reach now. It's okay. Okay. Uh, But what was cool about it is I was looking at it, and Steam has this thing where it shows you people that also have this on their wish list. And who do I see that also wants this? But you and my good buddy, Mr. Brooks. Hey. So, uh, I just grabbed my phone and I texted Mr. Brooks here and I said, Hey, buddy, I got a Christmas proposal for you. And Brooks, being this witty, smart individual he is, he responds with, I do? As in, like, a marriage proposal. <laughs> Kudos to you, Brooks. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, buddy. Uh, so here's a weird thought. How about, uh, guilt free, I'll buy you the Halo Master Chief collection for Christmas if you, in turn, buy me the Halo Master Chief collection. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? That sounds great because it's guilt-free because I'm not buying it for myself. I'm <laughs> buying it for you, my buddy. And I was like, exactly. So we bought the Halo Master Chief collection for each other. And, uh, yeah, the rest is in history. I'm going to have every Halo game up to Halo 5, which... Halo 5 will be part of it? No, it's not. Halo okay. F- that's why I said up to. So it, Halo 4 is, though. Halo 4 is included. What about Halo- ODST? A- ODST is part of it, which so is maybe one, two, my... 3, 4, ODST, and Reach. 1, 2, 3, 4, Halo, ODST, and Reach. Yep. Okay. Okay. The only one that is not included is Halo 5 and this new one called Halo Infinite, which is not out yet. Okay. It, okay. It will be coming out soon. Didn't even hear about Halo Infinite. This Nobody is how has. out of the fucking loop I am. I don't. I I played Halo Four and I didn't enjoy it, and so I've never even played Halo Five. So I'm fine with this collection. Honestly, I like Halo Five better than Halo Four. Really? But is it a must play? No, absolutely not. If you missed it, it's fucking forgettable. Again, I don't mind that it's in there, but again, yeah. I, I didn't buy it for that. Really, what I'm looking forward to the most is playing Halo ODST again and mm-hmm. Halo Three because those are the fucking highlights i love both those games so fucking different you and i really halo 3 and odst are my low points really i think reach is phenomenal and a return to form i love reach and i think two and one are i I don't know i one i think story-wise is the best they've never done a better story than in one because they get real convoluted my favorite story I'm not crazy about it. I, I love the characters because that's where they bring in Nathan Fillion, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. a few other, even Alec Baldwin, right? Maybe. Or is he Reach? It might be Reach. I know they had several of the Firefly Serenity people in the yeah. games, but I don't remember where. Um, I remember liking the story, but it felt, in ODST specifically, but the gameplay and like even the level design felt repetitive. You had to cover a lot of the same areas sure. and it felt like, oh, I can see the budget restraints here what i liked about odst was that it was presented in a very noir style especially at the well, start that's true you're like you play the soldier that's knocked out and so you're sort of retracing steps or you're figuring going, out what's happening and then like you're kind of replaying things and i get it but okay yeah but it was very noir-esque and i really like that and halo 3 man i don't know it was just a dude that was super invested i get like halo 2 sort I of the high halo point 3. i like you hate it like odst i'll I can begrudgingly wow. give you a lot of info. Like, sure. Like, I'll give you the noir thing. Like, oh, that makes sense. It just wasn't clicking for me. I hate Halo 3. Why? I don't enjoy the multiplayer. And I think the campaign is bullshit. Man, I love that campaign. Not to mention, I think it's, like, super underpowered for, like, a 360 game. Like, it looked 
rough when it came you out. Like, me. I don't even think, like, graphically they pushed the 360 remotely close to its we limits. We had totally different experiences. I know. I loved I, 3, I did not. It's the one Halo game I never bought. I wow. bought every other Halo game, including the Master Chief Collection, which fucking had them all. Yeah. But, like, I never bought three. Halo 2 and Halo 3 were both, like, that was back far enough that, like, I remember being midnight releases at GameStop that I waited for. Halo 2 for sure. I Halo was. 2 for sure. Halo 3 was like after I had a yeah. better job and had a little more money. So I had like the collector's edition with the steel case. I was super uh, into it. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, luckily, I think at that point, I was uh, I was still in college, but I was off campus in an apartment with uh, three other dudes. And one of them, Nate, was super into Halo. So he bought it. So I never had to. Uh, I see. But like, even so, like Nate bought it, but bought Halo 2. Everybody bought Halo 2. And so did I. Yeah. But Halo 3, I just didn't care about. I really did not get into it. I was super into it because it was at the point at that time, it was the final in the story. That's what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then 343 has done some really weird things. Honestly, they have, but I don't know. I don't look at them begrudgingly because I could put that same view on like Halo 2 and 3 story. <laughs> I I honestly, I think Bungie dropped the ball with 2 and 3 story wise. Really? I think one fucking perfect story. Perfect. Well, it's sort of like, it's weird because it's sort of like the Matrix. Like It one is. By yeah. itself is a complete concise story. You could stop there mm-hmm. and it'd be fine. I just think that Bungie handled two and three better than the Wachowskis handled two and three. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Okay. But just because I like the Matrix sequels less than I liked Halo 2 and sure. 3. I would not I say I despise those Matrix sequels. I, I honestly, I don't. Like, I hate, this is, uh, again, I hate three. I don't, I hate revolutions. When was the last time you watched two or three? Honestly, Reloaded, I watch like every few years. Like, it's been maybe probably four years since I was working at Family Video. Okay. Uh, We're doing two and three for the show in 2020. I'll tell you what, I'm still going to like Revolutions. It's, or no, I'm sorry, Reloaded. It has its issues. It does. I do remember like there's reloaded so more than much promise there. It's yeah. it's it's revolutions doesn't fall up on that promise. Re- reloaded brings in like vampires and werewolves and but it ghosts does and with shit. Them. It's, it's no, cool stuff. but it sets it up yeah, for the future exactly. and then it drops it. And yeah. the, that's why I I lay all of it on three. That's true. Two all had right. promise, and right. that highway scene is fucking dope. And I still love the burly brawl. Burly brawl is great. That tea house fucking fight scene's great. Reloaded's good. I not. I wouldn't even say good. I won't say good. It has hints. It has hints of goodness, and it has a promise. And you can see, I think, where they are going and the good ideas they had. Yeah. And then Revolutions fails to capitalize on it, and they just go full anime and embrace like that fucking mech shit. That DBZ fight. Ah, uh, it's bad. It's not great. It's bad. I mean, yeah. I don't think anything in the third one even compares to the burly brawl and reloaded and this is this is wow you agree with me i was like most people don't agree because people see like the burly brawl and shit on it because of like the rubber cg and the floatiness and whatever i think it's dope choreography and it works well in the universe of the matrix where it's a fucking video game in there dumb wads exactly exactly is so i don't know it does it doesn't even work in that so no even though we've established neo flying and ah it's, ah! just, it's a 
It mm, it is a move. It mm, 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 mm. it's like Game of Thrones, and that sure. they only started to fucking care about the themes, not the characters. Yeah, they belied everything true to that character in the third movie. Liked, yeah. Yes, they then, they didn't understand the characters, and they were just like, well, the first one had vaguely Christian themes, and the second one had vaguely Buddhist themes, so we're gonna go with uh, themes in this one, and just fucking throw the characters out the window. Uh, enough so, like, the movie ends with a character introduced in the third one talking wisely about Neo, like... I don't fucking care, little girl that was introduced in the fucking infinite train sequence who means nothing. Like, why are you the final piece of this big fucking trilogy talking about I made a rainbow for Neo? No one gives a shit. This is stupid. Ah, I fucking Ah, I I hate the third revolution. I despise revolutions. I mean, imagine me, Super Matrix fanboy in the theater. Like, It was exactly like when I watched Last Jedi. Like, my face was just sort of like... Oof. Wow, this is this is what you're giving us. Huh? See, I I would say the Last Jedi for me is more in the Reloaded camp, where it's mm. it's there are good things there, but a lot of fucking missteps. And like, I see what you're doing, but you're not doing it when well. You watch it again. I'm not gonna watch it again, and I will not watch it again. The Last Jedi. I don't have any interest in seeing Please it again. Please do that because you'll keep this. Because I'll tell you, <laughs> I I went in this third time. I. Spoiler alert, everybody. I'm on, I was hoping to bring this up. So I'm we on a have podcast a soon talking about Last Jedi, specifically for my hate for this movie. It'll be uh, The Caped Crusaders. You be. guys should listen to it. Uh, great comic podcast. They're Love fucking these awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very thrilled to be on it. Uh, although I do fucking hate them <laughs> because they made me watch Last Jedi again. For your third time. Mm, man. Oof. Dude, and I tried to go in. I was like, you know what? I'm a B. I'm, I want to look at this. Let me be positive here, dude. It did not last long. <laughs> I was fucked. Oh. oh. Honestly, yeah. I was going to say, like, at what point? But I know, like, Luke throws the Skywalker behind his back, dude, like, it, real it's, quick. It still happens even before that. Like, really? None, nothing what? in this fucking movie fucking works or makes sense. God damn it. All right. Well, you're obviously going to talk about that on the podcast. But I do want to know. What is bad that happens before the Skywalker throw? Because I think that lightsaber throw is like literally the first three, four minutes of the movie. So, number one, we're in space. Oh, this is not that bad. This is... With air resistance. There's no fucking air resistance. It's nitpicky. It's super cool World War II-like symbolism. I get the symbolism, but again... We're in fucking... Why do bombers move slow? There's no fucking reason. There's no goddamn air resistance. They're fucking ships. It's fucking... It's a Star Wars movie. And then... As soon as you start nitpicking any of the realistic details, it falls apart. But... It's a it's an effective scene they, and it fucking works. I don't I disagree. You Dude, take the reality of the situation out. Every that time scene as soon is as they open that good. fucking door in zero gravity space, I'm like, why is everything not getting sucked out? That's why it. the fuck you are getting hung up on the real details, man. But like the emotion and characters and the way that fucking scene is shot works. It's when they cut back to like Hux and like the phone pranks. That's also that's really where dumb. Fucking that's and where that's it's the not first good. fucking part of it. That's where I have issues. Yeah. Is is they try to incorporate like the Marvel humor, mm-hmm. but they don't understand why the Marvel humor works. It's all bad, man. It's that's where I have issues. All I, bad. That it's not all bad. It's this all is bad. where I disagree. It's not all bad. And Watch I think it again. 
I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, 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 it's again, I see what they were doing. That Force Awakens got shot on so hard for being so true to the mythology and like redoing essentially New Hope. Here's the thing. I love Force Awakens. Because it's doing what you fucking want. What? Which is giving you the old. And sure. Last Jedi, literally with Luke throwing that Skywalker, is saying, nope, we're Luke doing something that, new. that lightsaber. Here's the I, thing. I keep saying Luke throwing that Skywalker. Here's the thing. And this is going to be my argument. <laughs> you don't have to listen to the Cape Podcasters episode I'm on, but you should. Here's my whole thing. Ryan Johnson's whole fucking thing was subverting ex- expectations. That's fine. Subvert expectations. But fucking do something better if you're going to. Do something And you smart. fucking don't. Yeah. I agree with that. That's that's where I get it. It's and you got to trying... do more than just subvert the fucking expectation because then you, you, it's worthless. I th- this is I this is mm, this is where I, I deferred to that wisecrack video, and I I've like really I like, haven't watched that yet, but I I wanted to send you one too. That. Where where I've I've watched it, and I kind of agree, and it's like I I can see where he's going. Be all right. Granted, all right. Disclaimer here, I have not seen The Last Jedi since it came out in theaters two full years ago, so you clearly know more about it than I am at this point. Like, uh, I'm not the voice of authority or reason or knowledge on it. But I do feel like with like the whole let the past die and all this stuff, like they were trying to comment on something. Sure. It's the fact that when they get to that midpoint in the middle, that Snoke scene where you have like Kylo Ren is the voice of let the past die. We need to do something more like good and bad. This this binary system doesn't work. The audience at that point is like, yeah, maybe he's right, because this is what the film has been fucking preaching for like an hour and a half. And then Ray is given the decision and she's like, nah, I'm gonna go back to just the light side's good, whatever. So why do we have like an hour and a half of setup and symbology and like themes for like letting the past die to then only fall back into like the same trope of fucking Star Wars good and evil in the last hour? And this is where I feel like the the weight of its kind of ex or n- uh, not expectations, but like it's uh, I can't think of the word. It just kind of crumbles under its own aspirations. Like it's trying to do something, and then I th- think studio interference happened and they had to make it maybe Here's i don't know i feel like that movie can be split right at that kylo if, ren ray lightsaber fight scene. if you're gonna subvert your expectations if you're gonna throw away the past here's a thought maybe don't do it in the middle of your fucking trilogy that's it that's it this this has been and i think this is the issue is much like dc they're trying to create a universe without doing any of the planning Uh, which is weird because they had so much fucking planning they threw away this you and i have Ah! this is so fucking dumb yeah it's it's the oh my god the the mcu works has put the work in and, and they it. put the work in the, they they take the history and the past and the canon and they take interesting pieces pieces that will work for their story and integrate it and do things but they have a reservoir of ideas and iconic images and things and star wars came thing. out and immediately like the first thing they did was like that canon that we've done it's gone we're just gonna start new we're gonna write a new we're gonna write our own stories and then like it was like fucking two weeks ago I sent you that story that was like, 
Kathleen Kennedy says, it's really hard to write new Star Wars because we don't have this depth of knowledge of past mm-hmm. stories. It's like, because you fucking threw them away. Absolutely. That was your first choice of getting a hold of it was to throw all that shit away. A nice thing that Marvel yep. does is even if the thing doesn't work, they're probably going to throw a nice little homage and a little wink and nod to it for the people that do give a shit about it, which Star Wars can't even do anymore. It's it's true. It's true. Fucking- uh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Case in point, like, uh, I don't know. They keep bringing back, like, these people who don't f- fucking matter in the MCU movies. Like, really, like, Endgame brought Jarvis of the Agent Carter sitcom back yeah. for, like, a scene. And it means so much to, like, so little of the audience. It's, like, such a... It, it but means nothing, but they do. And it, But <laughs> here's the thing. That character worked in that scene because he wasn't a focal point. It was a nice little thing for people that gave a shit about the show, but yeah. it didn't take away from people that didn't give a shit about the show. Oh, I was going to bring up specifically The Last Jedi and give you another point of ammo, which is like they bring back Admiral Akbar, which is like a fan kill favorite just screen. to fucking kill him unceremoniously. Yeah. Like really just like it is a fuck you to the fans, which is I mean, I'm not a fan. I don't give a fuck about Akbar, but even I was like that's a little weird choice. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. All it's, of it is man. Just some some disrespectful shit. I could go on for hours, and I'm going to next week. I know. You I should can't listen wait. to the Cape. I'm podcasters. gonna listen to it. It's. I can't wait. It's, it's gonna, gonna be good, good stuff. Ah. Uh, and on that note, I'm gonna wrap up because I still gotta edit this episode and release it tomorrow. So. Listen to Cape Podcasters. Listen to me because mm-hmm. I'm full of, as Ryan says, I'm the voice of a generation. <laughs> The voice of a generation. Mm-hmm. And you should listen to everything that I say. Uh, buddy, I'm glad you're back. Thank you. It's hey, wh- back. Uh, what, what are the next episodes we got coming up? Just give people a teaser. Well, uh, I know for sure we've got a Die Hard episode on the future. We do have a Die Hard. It's Christmas, so you know what Christmas means. Christmas movies. And what better choice than the Die Hard series? I, I love that this is now our new tradition. Uh, <laughs> If you listened last year, our good buddy Michael will be back. We'll be talking about Die Hard 2 this year. That's coming up. Uh, Laura will hopefully be here next weekend. And we'll talk hopefully. about Witcher 3. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we will have Mr. Brooks on. We will be doing Star Wars Episode 8. Oof. That, that will happen. Do not. Nine. Episode, oh, yeah, episode nine. nine. Yeah. Fuck. It yeah. Is episode nine. The final in the, the Skywalker Oc-cep- nine non. trilogy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> not a gun. Non. Non. Sure. Uh, that thing is happening. <laughs> we're we're going to have Brooks on because we've had Brooks on for almost every Star Wars, I think. We have, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also our Star Wars guy as well as our Halloween. And then uh, coming up in the new year, we always do our recap of our favorite movies and favorite games. So what I'm looking forward to. That, that'll that be coming up as well. So, so I get to talk about some nerdy shit nobody saw or played. And nobody cares about. <laughs> I know. That's great. <laughs> Expect a, another 30 minutes on Death Stranding. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just gonna go ahead and just tell you that now, people. Because I'll really get to get in the nitty gritty. So uh, that's all I got to say. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. We'll check you out next time. 